Good morning, folks. It is such a joy and a privilege to be able to share this morning, Easter Sunday. As I was thinking and preparing for this, I was remembering my childhood memories of Easter. And I don't really have particularly strong ones, except for the fact that I do remember uh, lying in my bed on Easter Sunday and my mum would come in with a chocolate Easter egg. And to me, that was just the most amazing thing. It was similar to uh, at Christmas time, we would get Coke, we would drink Coca-Cola at Christmas time. It was a special treat that happened within the year. And it's sort of a bit different to today. It just seems like chocolate and fizzy drinks and stuff is a plenty. But for, for, for us uh, then, it was just such a treat. And I remember getting this Easter egg and thinking, oh my goodness, this is amazing. Opening it immediately in bed, and just sitting up and usually consuming the entire thing in one go. I think at best, I might have prolonged it till mid morning, uh, but that was for me. And my older sister, she, on the other hand, was completely different. She would have received her egg and then she would have, uh, she would have had this delayed gratification. She would have just put it away nice and sensible in the drawer in amongst probably other chocolate and sweets and other good things and would have had it over time and uh, we're, <laughs> we're very different in that way but as I remember that and we think of Easter eggs many of us will be receiving them or sharing them and then tomorrow will be our Easter egg treasure trail where uh, it's really really exciting we're going to have many people from the community gathered together uh, not together gathered uh, and they will be going from place to place around Carrickfergus, which will culminate at our offices in Carrickfergus, where they'll receive a chocolate Easter egg. And, uh, and it's synonymous with life, new life, new birth, uh, because an egg obviously is, represents that. And it's really that that we wanna talk about uh, again this morning. We wanna focus our attention on the invitation of new life that Jesus gives us. Uh, by the way, at the conclusion of what I'm sharing here, we're going to share in communion. Uh, you can see that I have uh, some bread and some uh, some uh, blackcurrant juice here. And so you might want to pause it now, go and get that ready, or you can pause it later and, and go and get those things ready to, to share this at home yourselves. I've said before many times that Easter Sunday, Easter is our day. It's the day that we as Christians, churches across the world, millions of people will be remembering the resurrection of Jesus. And it's because of his death and his resurrection that we have life and that we have new life, this invitation. I want to read together from Luke's Gospel. If you have a Bible at home, uh, open it up. Otherwise, uh, read along uh, words will come up on the screen there. Luke 24, verse 1. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? 
He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. The women uh, that are referred to here is likely to have included Mary Magdalene, Mary of Clopas and Mary the mother of James and Joanna. They will have gone early on that morning. They prepared spices, they'd gone to the grave and they'd gone there simply to, to use the spices on Jesus' dead body, to, to tend to the wounds, uh, the, the horrific, gruesome wounds which he suffered. And they had gone there uh, simply to do that, which was unusual to go to, uh, to a dead body. And Jewish customs would have been that, that a dead body would have been unclean. But they had gone deliberately simply because there was a hurried process taking, it was Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus together. They had uh, granted permission to take Jesus' body and they had taken it to this grave. And uh, it, was, it was a hurried process because the, the Jewish day of preparation was coming and they needed to do that. And so that's why the women had gone there. And they had gone, no doubt, with... Uh, uh, um, just a whole mixture of feelings. Their, 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 their loved one, their, their dear friend, Jesus, who they pinned such hopes on, who Jesus had spoken words of life and had done just incredible things, um, said, spoken wonderful things over uh, Mary Magdalene in, in particular. They would have gone with this sense of loss and sense of, oh my God, just confusion and a whole number of different things as they went to the grave that time. They arrive and they see that the stone is no longer there. It has been moved, it's been rolled away. They enter into the tomb and they find that it's empty. And they're left wondering, pondering, my goodness, what has happened here? Where is Jesus' body? We wonder what they must have thought. How might they have reacted? What was the conversation between these ladies? Was it a mixture of, of, of confusion, hysteria? What have they done with this body? However they, were, however they reacted or whatever they were saying, suddenly we learn this, that they were met by two angels. And this caused them to fall prostrate before the ground, with their faces to the ground. And the angels, they speak and they say to the women, why do you look for the living among the dead? Why do you look for the living among the dead? You see, the angels, they're perplexed. They're surprised. They're thinking, what on earth are these women doing here? You know, they're surprised that they're there. And they're surprised that they're, that they're that the women are surprised that Jesus is no longer there. Why? Because of what they say. They say, remember Remember how he told you. He told you when you were in Galilee. We heard him. We heard him say these words to you. He said that this was going to happen, that he was going to be in the hands of sinners, that he was going to be betrayed, that he was going to be crucified. But hold on, hold on, because three days later, he's going to come alive again. And at these words, it says that the women then remembered. The angels are saying, you know, 
Do you remember that time? Do you not remember when he said that he prepared you for this? What are you doing here, ladies? He's not here. You're looking for him in amongst the dead, but he's not here. Jesus is not amongst the dead because he's alive. This is where I want to camp out on for a while. Jesus uh, said many things about himself over the time uh, that he walked and he uh, shared his life with his disciples and he interacted with many, many people. He made many claims and, and used many words to describe. Uh, and he, a couple of things that he said, John 14, he says, I am the way, the truth and the life. And then in John 10, he says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. You see, Jesus invites us into life. He invites us into relationship with him, but he promises life in all its abundance, in all its fullness. His offer to us is that. And yet my question this morning on Easter Sunday is how many of us experience this kind of life that Jesus promises to us? Now, I'm not talking about, you know, oh, being happy all the time and everything's rosy in the garden and uh, life is absolutely wonderful and perfect because that isn't reality. Jesus also promised that in this world we will have trouble and that's just part and parcel of life. But the life that he promises is a life of contentment, a life where we experience joy and peace even though we may be living in a storm, even though we may be experiencing all kinds of difficulties and troubles in this world. We have this assurance that because of him and because of life in him, it's going to be okay. And that he walks with us, he journeys with us, that he's in the boat alongside us, that he's walking shoulder to shoulder. And so even though next week, next year, 10 years from now, it fills us with a degree of uncertainty, even though we live with uh, fears and anxieties or whatever it might be, Jesus promised to us his life and rest and peace. And I gently say, to some of us when we don't experience this kind of a life and I gently say this it is perhaps because we're looking for the living in amongst the dead or put a different way perhaps we're looking for life but we're just looking in the wrong places we're looking in the places that don't give us life they actually give us death they actually lead us down a path that we don't want to go, that won't give us the kind of life that Jesus promises. Now, I don't want to go into too much detail on that stuff. For, for many of us, you know, the Holy Spirit will be just kind of bringing to your mind various things there. Some of it is blatantly obvious things that we do, things, how we behave, that don't lead us into life. That's just obvious stuff. But what I do want to specifically and very, very cautiously um, addressed this morning is turning our attention to things in our lives that are dead, that are behind us. 
for some of us this is incredibly painful I, I totally appreciate that during this past number of months and year or so that you will have lost loved ones and when I'm talking about this I'm not simply just talking about oh, just get over that that's ridiculous so you, you would know us well enough to know that when there is death death of a loved one death of a dream death of a promise death of a uh, a, a relationship that's no longer that actually there is a period and there is a process of of time journeying that of grieving and of letting go and inviting Jesus into that to walk that journey with us but I am really trying to make the point that there are some things in life that we just need to put to rest there are things uh, maybe it is a relationship maybe it was a dream that you once had that is not going to come it's not going to happen maybe a passion of yours maybe you'd hoped for a particular job and and actually it's time to let that thing go it's time to lay that thing down and to surrender and move on this past year has disrupted our lives in in so many ways a lot of it's been really hard it's taken its toll on us and uh, that's really impacted us and affected us but it hasn't all been bad there's been some really good things as a result of it it's really forced us to look at our lives look at our relationships look at our relationship with Jesus it's really forced us to uh, towards change our friends at Causeway Coast Vineyard uh, Church they, they use this phrase when they're talking about change they say this that you need to upset to reset and what it simply means is there's a degree of upset there's a degree of uh, of of hardship or turmoil that is needed or is encountered in order to reset in order for change in order for something new something different and this pandemic has just come upon us in, in a way that we, we could never have imagined. And it has forced us to look at ourselves. It's forced us towards change. And I think that one of the things that God has been doing in our lives is he's been uh, inviting us to surrender ourselves, to die to ourselves, to die to the things that we have put in place that we've been looking for, we've been pursuing to give us life but they just don't give us life. He's inviting us to surrender, to lay things down and to lay them at the foot of the cross, to surrender it and give it and hand it over to Jesus. Like that song that we sang earlier about surrender, laying down our life, laying down control, laying down our fears for the promise of new life. There's something incredibly powerful when we uh, lay something down. We die to ourselves. Uh, Jesus, in his preparation for the cross, said these words about himself to his disciples. He said in John 12, Jesus replied, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single wheat seed. 
but if it dies, it produces many seeds. Of course, he's speaking about his own life, his own physical life here. But the metaphor of a single seed carries the same kingdom message. A seed that falls to the ground and dies produces life. It produces many, many seeds. And the question really this morning, in this invitation to new life that Jesus gives us, is what is it? Is there anything that Jesus is inviting us to die to, to put to rest, that we wouldn't be looking for life and the living in that dead thing, but that we'd be surrendering it, we'd be laying it down and looking for life in the person of Jesus. Perhaps you might want to share that with a friend. Perhaps you might want to avail of prayer ministry afterwards. Another word similar to this that I was pondering as I was preparing for this is that this whole pandemic has really been preparing us for what's to come. This period, this season, this moment in our lifetime has been a preparation ground for what he has for us as individuals, but also as a church. We believe strongly that God is on us for purpose, for kingdom impact. We've been having the most incredible kingdom impact over this last year, but there's more. There's so much more life that he is ushering and bringing to our town, to our surrounding towns, to our neighbours, to our friends, to our families. This promise, this hope of life. It feels a bit like this season has been a period of hibernation. You know, we've been kind of in our own homes, you know, hunkered down all this time. And, and uh, it feels a little bit now in this season, doesn't it, that, that you know, that the flowers are emerging and we're beginning to kind of come up again and, and hopefully... Uh, given permission to, to, to do things that we haven't been able to do or better see each other as we kind of come out of this period of hibernation. I found this quote from this writer called Ralph Ellison uh, who said that hibernation is a covert preparation for a more overt action. Animals of varying kinds, they would enter periods of hibernation where they simply uh, sleep or rest and they, they bring their metabolic systems down uh, to really, really low levels in a way to conserve energy to kind of get them through the winter for, uh, for spring and summer and new life. Uh, another metaphor is our allotment. I'm busting to get back to the allotment at Eden. Uh, I remember towards kind of the, the end of autumn and the beginning of winter, I remember Craig and Carly Ogilvie, they, they put some seaweed down on, the, on our, um, the soil beds. And then a number of us lads, we'd put some, uh, some plastic sheeting over the top in, in a way to just kind of, we're kind of shutting it down for the winter. We don't want weeds to grow. We want the seaweed to do whatever it's meant to do with soil. I'm not really a horticulturalist, as you can probably gather. But during that period, during that fallow time of, of rest, of, of, of nothing, there's preparation happening. Even though it might not seem it, there's good stuff going on in the soil. And even though this whole year might feel like, oh, what have we been doing? 
What has been going on? God has been at work. He's been working in us. And it feels like there's been preparation for the new life that is to come. As we celebrate Easter again, we remind ourselves this promise, this invitation that Jesus gives to us of new life, new hope. Uh, verses I've used before, so forgive me if you've heard me say this. I, I tend to say this. I'm just reminded of this this season. And uh, I conclude with this. It's taken from Song of Songs. Song of Songs is this love poem between uh, lovers together. And uh, this this is an invitation between a man and a woman. Uh, but we can take a, a similar sort of metaphor and invitation between Jesus and us, the church. Song of Songs 2 verse 10 says, Arise, my darling, my beautiful one, come with me. See, the winter is past, the rains are over and gone, flowers appear on the earth, the season of singing has come, the cooing of doves is heard in our land, the fig tree forms its early fruit, the blossoming vines spread their fragrance. Arise, come, my darling, my beautiful one, come with me. This is Jesus' invitation to us, is come be with me, come and give me, give, come with me and I will give you life. I am the way, the truth and the life, Jesus says. Amen.